Mic check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Adjusting my headphones, getting myself straight. Uh, my back is a little sore today. It was back and shoulder day in the gym, so I know I'm about to be feeling it while I'm sitting here recording. But we back. We back for another episode. Taste to consider podcast. Let's go. And you don't stop. Keep keep it on. Keep keep it on. Keep keep it on. You don't stop. Keep keep it on. Keep keep it on. Taste to consider podcast. Back for another episode. Let's go. to the podcast. To the podcast. Let's go. To the podcast, yes. Back for another episode. 
Yes, Taste to Consider Podcast. Back for another episode. Taste to Consider Podcast. Let me officially introduce the show. It's a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we're back. Back for another episode. Yes, we're back for another episode. And I know y'all probably like, we already know what he about to start off with. (laughs) Yes, yes, but no. (laughs) I ain't even going to start off with that jump. I'm not going to start off with that. But we're going to talk about it. I ain't even got to say it. I don't even have to say it. But let me just start the show. <laughs> Your life isn't margaritas on a beach in, in Jamaica. That happens now and then. Those are exceptions. Your life is how your wife greets you at the door when you come home every day. Because that's like 10 minutes a day. Your life is how you treat each other over the breakfast table. Because that's an hour and a half or an hour every single day. You get those mundane things right, those things you do every day. You concentrate on them and you make them pristine. It's like you got 80% of your life put together. These little things that are right in front of us, they're not little. That's the first thing. They are not little and they're hard to set right. And if you set them right, it has a rippling effect. And, and fast too, way faster than people think. Yes, that's what I started off with. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even going to move on to that next. No, I'm going to move on to this next. Tyrese Gibson's ex-wife says she got influenced by certain toxic people in her life and ended up divorcing him for nothing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can't make this stuff up. Boy, boy, boy. So now, on to it. Yes, on to the topic but before we even get there but see man that's what i be talking about y'all good good girlfriends your moms y'all aunties y'all boys your uncles your daddies whoever shit social media all that is ruining everything it's ruining stuff it's ruining the small things when it comes to relationships It's giving people this false um, perception that they got so many options out here. It's giving people validation to be assholes. It's giving people validation to not be self-aware. It's giving people validation not to be considerate of other people's feelings And it's basically just validating people's bad character to the point where they feel justified in doing whatever the hell they want to do, listening to whatever the hell they want to, and just not understanding that we live in a world, we live in a society of relationships. You have to consider other people. You have to consider other people's feelings. You have to be understanding. You have to be self-aware of your crap, you know, and social media is just, just killed it. 
it was something that I um I posted in my story on Instagram. Um if you're not following me, the taste T H E dot T A S T E dot underscore. But what I posted was um let me find it. Let me go into uh let me see if I if it's still even in my stories. Um yeah, but it, um, the the post was it says this song. It says uh, my fault. Sorry. It says human behavior is shaped by the algorithms instead of the algorithm being shaped by human nature. We allow social media to dictate everything in our lives, our thoughts, our actions, the things that we say. You know the things that we believe. You know, whether it be politics, uh, um, society, stuff in society, stuff in culture, um, music, celebrity, uh, shoot, everything, you know. That's where all this gender war stuff coming from. That's where you can't have an opinion outside of the collective. You know, you can't be an individual. You always got to be going with the collective of what everybody believes is you know whatever's trending is is where you should be on the same side of what's trending you know and hey that's where we at but you know jada pinkett (laughs) jada pinkett is coming out with a book she's coming out with a book called worthy interesting title you know, um, based off of how deep I've looked into a lot of the things that have gone on over the years. But, you know what I'm saying, back around again, back around again, here we go with the Jada Pinkett stuff. And Jada Pinkett, Will Smith, shoot, Tupac, you know what I'm saying? Even when I try not to bring up Tupac, I got to bring up Tupac. <laughs> but, yeah, Jada Pinkett coming out with a book. You know, she says it's her memoir, um, but damn, you can look at it a lot of ways. Well, I ain't going to say a lot of ways. You can look at it as a damn near tell-all book. (laughs) But basically the headline that, you know, sparked a lot of the talk and controversy. And I'm glad I waited till now to actually record because, you know, I I was going to record last week, you know, keep it every week but i decided to let the dust settle a little bit and i'm glad i did because you know a lot of stuff is still coming out with her book and her her book tour her uh marketing tour as well as like this whole situation with her and will their relationship tied into already some of the some of the topics and clips and stuff that I already had for the episode that I was going to record last week. So, hey, it aligned perfectly. But the topic that, you know, sparked all of this talk and this controversy and stuff about her book, because I didn't even know she uh, was coming out with a book until this actual topic that, you know, I'm about to bring up. And it, it says that Jada Pinkett Smith reveals she and Will Smith have been separated since 2016. 
And she revealed that, you know, during her her marketing tour. Emphasis on marketing tour. Because I could have swore that, you know what I'm saying, it was always kind of like out there that they was kind of like separated or, you know, they kind of had like an open relationship. And because, you know, from the stuff that I've already been privy to, the stuff that I already knew, Will Smith been out there, you know what I'm saying? Will Smith had... Mm, hold on. Burp number one. Mm, burp number two. Will Smith already had another lady, <laughs> you know, that he was chilling with. And then we already know about the entanglement situation with uh, Jada and August, August Alcina. But back around again with this stuff, you know what I'm saying? And like, I've had so many conversations about this situation before I recorded, and I was like, "Damn, you know, I hope I remember all this all this stuff that I'm talking about <laughs> when I record, and it's like I'm kind of like drawing a blank with the whole situation because it's just, oh my goodness, why are we talking about this crap again once again, like and just me thinking now, um, I'm sitting here like. When you think about Jada and Will and how long they've been in the industry and stuff like that, it it, it kind of makes sense that all this stuff is coming out or at least from Jada's side, you know, her releasing the book and it being her quote-unquote memoir and stuff like that. And how I just think about celebrities, period, is particularly celebrities that have been in the – um in that space for a long time that they need this. You know what I'm saying? They need the constant attention. This is like all they know. So they will compromise their relationships. They will compromise themselves in order to keep getting attention to keep being in the limelight and stuff. So, you know, you sit here and be like, you know, at what cost are you messing up your relationship with, with Will and possibly your children and how they look at the situation and stuff like that. But then at the same time, you see um, when she was, uh, they was all in the house together and she got the the uh, box with all the, with, with the books in it and stuff like that. And everybody was there, even Will. So it was like, is this, you know what I'm saying? Are they playing us? Is this Hollywood shit is, you know, is Will really in support of Jada or is this just another thing where he's trying to save face and stuff like that? So it's like, who knows what to believe? And that's why I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Forget these celebrities. Stop putting so much attention and energy into their lives and stuff like that. Because we get so caught up into it and we don't really know what's true. We don't know what's reality. We don't know what's um, them playing a role. We don't know. We just don't know, right? So we can sit here and speculate and all that other stuff, have our opinions, but we really don't know what's real. I can honestly say that, you know what I'm saying, people can feel energy. You can 
you can look at people's mannerisms, the things that they say and stuff and pick up on certain things. But ultimately, we won't know what is 100% true. But just to be consistent with my feelings and my thoughts and my opinions on this whole situation with it <laughs> coming back around again. Um, Jada, man, she is a piece of work. She is a piece of work. And it's funny because, like, one of my boys that I used to grow up with, um, <laughs> he hit me up and he was like, he asked me, what do I think about all of this? Because he remembers when we was little kids that I used to have a crush on Jada Pinkett. And and I was just like, man, um, <laughs> I just don't know what's, I don't, I feel like all this stuff is weird. I feel like it's unnecessary. Um I don't I don't understand and I don't get what she's trying to achieve um with this book and doing this whole marketing tour and stuff like that. I kind of feel like it's a desperation for attention at this point. You know, um cuz Will has been out here just doing him, you know, traveling, all that other stuff, traveling with his travel partner. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, why do we need to know certain information? Like, why is it why is it therapeutic for Jada to release all of this information to the world? for somebody who has been in therapy as long as I have and understanding things being therapeutic and getting certain things out, releasing certain things, letting go of certain things. I don't tell y'all half more than half of all the things that I've gone through, all the things that I've talked about in therapy. I've talked about plenty of things on my podcast before and my blog, greatestiamblog.com. But Y'all don't even know half of the stuff that I've gone through and stuff like that. So I understand certain things that I keep to myself and I deal with myself. You know what I'm saying? Even if I was writing a book, you know what I'm saying? And I have been working on a book and I've been writing for a while. But it's kind of like certain things I keep to myself because it's, it needs to be kept to myself. You know, these are things that I need to deal with on my own. And maybe they will be revealed later, you know, once I release a, release it further, I heal more. But certain things just need to be, even if I, if I give out certain information, it's not going to be the full picture of it. It's going to be a vague picture, you know. Um, and I've I've discussed certain topics before in my journey of my mental health journey that have been vague, but gave you an idea of what I've gone through or what I've been going through. 
so it's kind of like I understand, you know, that celebrities, when they write books and stuff, in order to sell the books, they have to release, you know, they have to they have to do some controversial shit. They got to do some some um, some they got to they got to have like some scandalous stuff in there in order to sell the book because people ain't just going out here buying random books all the time. <laughs> so I get it. But. You know, I'm going to walk through the situation a little bit, you know, jump back and forth from Will's Will's aspect, you know, some of the things that he's released since all of this stuff has been going out. Then I'll jump back to Jada. Then I'll jump to the Jada and Tupac stuff. So I'm not going to stick with it long, you know what I'm saying? But I do want to address it because it, it, it ties into um, a, a few of the things that are a part of this episode. So I follow Will Smith on Instagram and he just recently posted this and he said this is his he said this is my official statement. So I'm gonna play the clip. I got something for you. Here's the thing. So my opinion uh, of the <laughs> So that clip right there, he was sitting in the chair. And across the screen, it said official statement. And <laughs> when he was talking, you heard that he was like acting like he was about to sneeze. So as soon as he sneezed, then like the screen just zoomed out and showed that he was in another part of the, the world. Like he was like in a, a different country or whatever. <laughs> so he's made a few statements since all of this stuff has been coming out. Um, so I'm gonna pull up another, uh, statement that he made about the book and the whole situation. So it says, Will Smith reacts to separated wife Jada Pinkett Smith's memoir, Worthy and Letter. And this is from NBC News. So let me pull that up. Uh, I gotta find it. Let me see. Um, I thought I had it ready. I guess I didn't have it ready. So let me see. Let me find it. Damn. Where is that Jonah? All right. Maybe it's right here. Maybe it's. No. Maybe it's right here. All right. Let me see. Let me see. All right. Here it go right here. All right. Um, it's an actual clip of it um, within the article. Um, let me pull that up. Okay, here you go right here. Um, the actual statement is coming from an interview that Jada did while she's on her marketing tour. So let me cue this up and get that going. Let me see. I'll start now. Welcome to the Authors Club. All right, so, all right. This is, I love, let me pull, let me actually get it from the beginning. Uh, all right, let me see if I can pull this from the beginning. Uh, all right. 
All right, let me see if I can get this queued up f- from the beginning before, because uh, it's coming from a different, let me see, all right. I can't stand clips that are embedded in articles because it's hard to rewind them and fast forward them and stuff. They ju- they will just play. So, all right, here we go. I think this is it right here. Let me see. Let me make sure first. All right, yeah, this is it right here. All right, let me rewind this. Here we go. All honor right. you. All right. If I had read this blurred and honor, I applaud and honor you. If I had read this book 30 years ago, I definitely would have hugged you more. I'll start now. Welcome to the Authors Club. I love you endlessly. Now go get some Merlot and take a rest. <laughs> He know I can't have no Merlot. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's why I can't divorce that joker. <laughs> Like the whole situation is weird. I feel like even with that statement that he, that was read, <laughs> I feel like he was taking a shot at her with him saying, you know, if I knew all that is out of gay, your ass. <laughs> I feel like he was taking a shot at her, but, you know, that's just me speculating. But, yeah, it's just weird, this whole situation, because even the fact that with her saying, you know, she can never divorce him and all that other stuff, I feel like, you know, just – out of the conversations that I've been having and the thoughts I've been having about this situation, yeah, if I was Jada, I wouldn't divorce Will either. You know what I'm saying? I'm living, I'm living. You know what I'm saying? But then at the same time, when, like, all of this stuff came out, even before I was thinking that, I had this thought. I was like, is she trying to get him to divorce her so she can, you know, you know what I'm saying, get a payout? Because they don't have a prenup. And... She will get a nice little sum from the divorce. Granted, she ain't going to get no child support or nothing like that because all the kids are grown, but she gonna, she'll get something. Um, And then at the same time, I'm like, I know Will ain't going to divorce her because, you know, at this point, it's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> it's cheaper to keep her at this point, you know, because when you think about their careers, Will Smith, we know he – from where he started, from where he got at at one point, I remember back in like in the nineties, Will Smith was called Mr. Summer because you knew every summer he had a blockbuster movie coming out. Jada Pinkett's career, when you think about it, that joint is her career is she ain't have no career, especially compared to Will's. Her biggest movie was Set It Off. Outside of that her role in different world. Other than that, look at her career. She had no career. Like, if she wasn't with Will, because Will has m- m- kept her relevant, if she wasn't with Will, she'd probably be on a reality TV show, doing the Tubi movie, or, you know what I'm saying, some before before the Tubi movies, straight to DVD movies, <laughs> And then some Tubi movies. Think about it. Her relevance has been Will. And even 
you know what I'm saying, rewinding back to other comments and interviews that she's done, she talked about how when she got married to Will, the day of their wedding, she was crying. She was crying that day her mother had to force her or convince her to get married. So it's kind of like, this, do she does she really love this Bama or was it a situation where it was a a business opportunity or a, um, a way to feel secure, safe and secure? You know, y'all y'all love that y'all love y'all love that term, <laughs> safe and secure. You know what I'm saying? Is this a, a marriage of convenience, of business, of security? You know what I'm saying? Uh, to keep you relevant. So it's like, come on now. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm kind of confused with with the whole situation. So let me pull up this video. It's a video that that um of Jada talking. And I thought this was a was a good, you know what I'm saying, a good uh I thought what she was saying in this video made absolute sense. Absolute sense. But I'm going to play the video. If Will looked back and was trying to give me whatever the hell it was I was asking for, it, it, it wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to accomplish it anyway. Because if I'm not connected to myself, if I don't have a good relationship with me, there's nothing he can do. So I was going to be asked out anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's part of the journey. There's no right or wrong. Everybody's always trying to find the good guy or bad guy in people's stories. There's no good guys or bad guys. We're all wounded trying to figure this shit out. I agree with that. There's really, when you think about it, there's really no good or bad guys. You know what I'm saying? You have your select few in this in the world. And, you know, a society that's really some evil ass people. So, you know we can put those people to the side. But when you think about, you know, just the collective, there's a lot of just wounded people out here. There's a lot of people that are just, you know what I'm saying, just on autopilot. They just, you know what I'm saying, living life or whatever, caught up into, you know, what's trending, you know, following and not understanding, you know what I'm saying, themselves and understanding how... um their selves as relates to other people or relates to the world and stuff like that. So we all out here having trying to trying to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure everything out. So I agree with her on that. So let me play the rest of the video. You know, and so it took me a long time to realize it is not his responsibility to make you happy. He can't. It's impossible. But it took me forever. Hard headed, stubborn, you know, because that romantic idea. And that's why I talk about checking the boxes. It's like I did everything I was supposed to do. And this is where society and how we've been programmed, 
particularly women, how they've been programmed to see see the world and see love and romance and stuff like that. So, and just piggybacking off of the video, and she keeps keywords forever, a long time, and, you know, she's saying stuff like that. So, I know I've talked about when coming back around again um when i've talked about their situation in the past it's obvious that jada is definitely has a lot of wounds you know what i'm saying and will does as well burp three and four and five and even will if you read the book that he wrote that came out and i discussed that uh a few times on the podcast um he has a lot of wounds as well and that shapes how you are in a relationship how you react how you respond how you look at the person how you understand them or the lack of understanding you know um that all that stuff affects you you know what i'm saying it it starts from your foundation, your childhood, things you saw from your parents, your mom, your dad, you know what I'm saying, and how much it impacted you based on if you was a girl or a boy and stuff like that. So all this stuff is relevant, but a lot of people don't understand that, so they don't they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to be aware of it, so... They just out here just trying to make it or they on autopilot or they just going through the motions. You get to have your dream. How come I'm not having mine? And that's because Will was doing what he wanted to do. <laughs> he was making himself happy. He was making himself happy. And he says that to you, doesn't he? He says you, when you separate, he says he wants you to go. And He's like, go, go. I just feel like Will was tired of her shit. Because when you think about, look at, just pay attention to stuff. I'm a, I'm a very observant person. I'm a very analytical person. So look at when Will first got on Instagram. Look at how he was moving, how he was living his life and stuff. So that was probably around the same time that they, quote unquote, got separated. And you look at what he was doing. He was making himself happy. He was probably to the point where he was just tired of the shit. He was tired of dealing with the shit with Jada. And you can almost look at it like maybe Jada was possibly jealous or envious of Will's career or just envious and jealous of his personality and how he looked at things. You know, a lot of times when you look at Jada and Will, they give a lot of these little uh, politically correct things. answers to questions or they have these 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 high idealistic views on things or whatever instead of just being human because you know what i'm saying they've been a celebrity for so long they gotta make sure that they make themselves look good and that's something that will talked about a lot in his book how you know what i'm saying he always had to make sure that he looked a certain way and you know just in the midst of the the situation that he had with Chris Rock or whatever, that was like uncharted territory for him as far as his career and stuff like that and how people actually viewed him. So you got to almost take 
the stuff that these celebrities give you with a grain of salt because you can't trust them because they're humans just like us. But because how we've been built up and programmed to look at celebrities, particularly in the black community, that celebrities are above us. They're higher than us. Even the, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> Let me play the rest of the clip. <laughs> Go make yourself happy? Go make yourself happy. And how did you receive that? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it on your own. Gotta do it on your own. You can be in a relationship or a partnership and still have your individual lives. And that's something that isn't, you know what I'm saying, talked about enough or promoted enough or been a part of the programming of the fairy tale love and romance you know you have to still be an individual while you're in a relationship or a partnership you have to because when it comes down to it when you leave you came into this earth by yourself and you came into and you will leave it by yourself you still have your own journey a lot of people try to find their safety and security or their identity or their peace and et cetera, et cetera. All these these key words that be thrown around on social media all the time through another person. But if you ain't found it within yourself, then you're going to be jumping and jumping and jumping, trying to find it through somebody else, whether it's your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, who your best friends your lovers, all that. You're going to be trying to find this through them. And this is speaking from experience. When before, I, you know what I'm saying, start going to therapy, and even when I was in the early stages of my therapy, I was trying to find a lot of my happiness, a lot of my peace, trying to find a lot of my love and acceptance and validation and stuff through other people instead of myself. And, you know, and that was 30 years built up. And I'm only 10 plus years, 11 specifically, in the therapy aspect. So I'm still 20 years behind on all the other stuff that I've learned that was bad for me or that was toxic for me or negative for me or steered me in the wrong direction. But. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't understand that. They don't get that. Or they don't have the the opportunities or the outlets to get the help that they need. Yeah, so. I feel like even with me just talking about this Jaden Will stuff, because I definitely didn't really want to focus on it. But I feel like it's a lot of lessons and learning and learning experiences through this that we can take for ourselves in our own lives. Because like I said, these people are they just they are human just like us. They're just human just like us. You know, Will has been coming out saying that he supports her and that he will continue to support her and you know, he will love her for the rest of his life. And there's nothing wrong with loving her for the rest of his life and all that other stuff. But it just based off of the things that I've read from his book and things that I've seen and stuff like that, Jada could be a 
toxic toxic attachment to Will. You know what I'm saying? Just based on the stuff that Will's gone through and his life and stuff like that. And I feel like I can speak on that based on my experiences with, you know, people and my foundation with my parents and stuff that I've gone through in my relationships and stuff like that. So I can understand how you can be attached to something that's similar to what you've gone through in your childhood and trying to chase acceptance or validation or trying to prove something um, to a, a person. You know, so it's like you can get caught up into all this stuff. Like, in one sense, we can sit here and say, you know what I'm saying, we feel for Will and stuff. But at the same time, he's still in he's still putting himself in this situation where he's maybe being disrespected or emasculated and stuff like that. So it's kinda like how far do you go to be a champion for or or empathize for Will when he's still accepting certain things that isn't probably healthy for him? <laughs> I definitely get all of that. Um, but, yeah, you know, for years we've heard all this stuff about relationship goals. And I feel like this is a clear example of people. They need to let go of that shit, of their relationship goals when it comes to celebrities and just people, period. Because celebrities aren't no better than us. They, they're humans just like us. They're people just like us. So this is a clear example of not looking at someone else's relate just mind your business just mind your business and tend to your business <laughs> just tend to your business just stop worrying about what everybody else doing and how they doing it and all this other stuff but you know and also with the minding your business stuff is like when Jada came out and was like, she was surprised with the whole Chris Rock situation and how he was, Will was yelling, you know, keep my wife's name out your mouth and stuff like that. She was like, she was, she was shocked because, you know, they haven't been, uh, hus been, uh, identifying themselves as husband and wife for years or whatever. And it, and everybody was, just, you know what I'm saying? was defending Will for what he did and all that other stuff. Not saying that it was wrong because, when it comes down to it, that's still his child's mother. And they still have some sort of relationship. You know what I'm saying? What that relationship is, we don't necessarily know. But, you know, just mind mind your business. Stop worshiping these damn celebrities. It's crazy because, like, I think, like, the second episode I recorded for my podcast was about celebrity worship. And I'm on 100 episode 106 and i'm still talking about this shit but i mean i get it because i don't i don't feel like it's ever really gonna go away because people just so particularly in our community the black the quote-unquote black community we love some celebrities boy we love some celebrities but <laughs> and you know um jada was kind of like talking about you know how it was like some built-up animosity with Will towards Chris Rock because when there was like rumors of them not together that Chris tried to holler and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, it is like that's that's human. That's human. 
It's being human. Like, I ain't saying it's right or anything like that, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then you got Jada, you know, bringing up Pac and talking about their relationship. And, and it's like more, to me, it's like more of her just attaching herself to a to celebrity, a celebrity that is bigger than her. Um, and, you know, profiting off of it, so to speak. And because it's already been kind of like put out there that Jada was caught in a lie when she was talking about how Pac proposed to her uh, when he was going through his his trial and he was in jail and stuff like that. There's a video out there that was basically debunking the timeline of what she was talking about with Pac, you know, uh, proposing to her because basically from what Jada was saying when Pac allegedly proposed to her, Pac was already married to another woman while he was in jail. So I don't know if you've seen that video, anything. If you haven't seen it, just let me know. I'll send it to you. But, yeah, so it, at this point, you know, you got to look at it like she, she's trying to sell the book. You know, um, I don't know. Like, this situation is just, like, all over the place. And... A lot of times you will find that a lot of these celebrities, like I've already said, they so, you know, entrenched into celebrity and Hollywood and and the attention of it and and all that, the fame that they're going to just they're going to be out there just, you know, (laughs) you giving so much of yourself to the public that, you know, you want to get back the same thing that you've given. Um, so, (laughs) yeah, it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's sad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a celebrity. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm about to move on from this situation. I mean, cause it's, it's pretty much like the same thing repeating over and over again. It's like, you know what I'm saying? We coming back around again to the same dialogue, the same opinions, the same everything, you know. Well, I mean, I don't know, man. It might not be cheaper to keep her, you know what I'm saying? Financially, it might be cheaper to keep her, but mentally, emotionally, it might not be, you know. I don't know. But don't y'all find it interesting that a lot of pop culture shit has been popping up all of a sudden during the same time as all this stuff that's going on in the in the world the political space and stuff like that i mean that's just me but i think it's i think it's kind of weird i think it's kind of random but yeah i'll move on from that so i got this clip um from a black woman therapist and on the video, it says, is it true that women struggle with accountability? So let me pull this. Let me cue this clip up. And we're going to talk about it. Let me see. Um, let me get this stuff right here. All right. Let me cue this up. Look, I'm deleting stuff at the same time because I know if I don't delete it now, I ain't going to delete it. (laughs) So I'm deleting stuff at the same time that 
I'm looking for the clip, but it's right. I know it's right here. All right. Where's this clip? Where's this clip? All right, here we go. Here we go, the clip. All right, right here. Let me cue this up. All right, let me go. All right, here we go. Let me cue this up. Here we go, right here. So I was talking to a male friend of mine the other day, and he told me that women don't apologize, and women can't be held accountable. And I began to really think deeply about this idea. And one of the things that came across my mind is in the last nine months or so of me being in my private practice, I have myself experienced many women, whether they came as in as a couple or they came by themselves, they uh, very abruptly discontinued their therapy. And I started to reflect and really think, you know, what was going on here? And I noticed that after I had to confront them about something, I had to bring to their attention something they were doing that wasn't contributing to the health of the relationship, they became very defensive and very, you know, just very harsh and they stopped coming. And even though the husband would continue to come, he made it very clear that, yeah, she won't apologize. She thinks you're wrong. She thinks you're taking my side. And I began to really reflect like, oh my gosh, is it true that women don't apologize? Is it that women struggle with being held accountable? I'd love your thoughts on this. Me personally, I think it has to do with a person's level of emotional maturity. What do you think? It definitely has to do with the maturity as well as intelligence. Because like I've always said on this podcast, just because a woman or women are more emotionally connected to themselves than men are, doesn't mean that they're actually emotionally mature or intelligent. And I find it, it it's really sad when you think about it. This is a black woman therapist, right? And she's just figuring this shit out herself. And she looks middle age so she's probably been a therapist for a while and she's just discovering this how is a middle age female therapist finally realizing this there's a problem here that the actual woman therapist is just realizing this so she had to come to an epiphany or conclusion that women don't take accountability and just from personal experience, I don't remember the last time I've had a woman apologize to me. Even when I've known they've done stuff wrong. I don't know that. I've, I've had, I got recollections right now or memories right now of even when the woman was wrong, I'm the one fucking apologizing in the end. <laughs> That's crazy from relationships from my mom whatever like i'm still waiting for apologies for certain shit <laughs> crazy crazy but when it comes to the therapy stuff like even before i started going to therapy on my own and i made the decision to go to therapy on my own i remember certain situations where like you know um my mom bringing up therapy 
when I was like in my teenage years, but never actually like I couldn't take myself to therapy when I was a teenager. She had, you know, what I'm saying she would have to would have had to do it. Excuse me. Burp number seven, I think. Burp number eight. She would have had to do it. But she never did. I remember being, you know what I'm saying, in relationships in early 20s and stuff like that. And just throughout my life and hearing women talk about, you know what I'm saying, you need to go to therapy. Or hearing other guys talk about, women talk about telling them they need to go to therapy and stuff like that. And it's almost used as a weapon a lot of times. And even like seeing certain situations and hearing certain situations about couples therapy and and how you know when the therapist was side with the dude the the woman would get mad and and like not want to go to therapy no more or or want to find another therapist and (laughs) a lot of women are raised to have a victim mentality and that's how they program to think, you know, uh, TV, movies, uh, their mamas, their good, good girlfriends, you know. That's how they've been programmed to look at things. That's the mentality that they've been programmed to have, to have a entitled mentality, a spoiled mentality in some cases. And it's not all women, but some women, you know, and. Therapy has been used as a weapon, as a tool for women, you know, um, (laughs) to try to get their partner, their significant other in there to try to manipulate the situation or try to 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 get their partner or their significant other to see things from their side. They, They try to use it as a weapon, you know. Until it's not, you know, until it's not fully. (laughs) Oh, man, it's just crazy. But uh, um, I got another clip. I got another. I got a few clips, as I always do. Um, But let me pull. Let me pull it up. All right. And all these clips I'm playing now is all the stuff that I had playing before the, the Jada and Will stuff started popping up again but you can see how all of it ties into the situation so yeah <laughs> let me cue this one up right here all right uh all right here we go older lady tell me she's i think just past 40 and her husband i think is like in his late 30s like so maybe like 41 and 39 they've been married for a while i was talking with her about some problems we were having in our marriage and she said joyce what it sounds like to me is that your issue is is that you are married to a real man and a real man is not going to be ruled by a woman and that hit me like a ton of bricks and it immediately came to my mind when i was reading this excerpt when she says don't go down the path of expressing criticism disapproval and an ultimate lack of acceptance for your husband because it may cause rebellion she's telling the truth a real man is not going to allow himself to be a pushover to the woman he has chosen and hey that's true like one thing I know for sure is that men 
some men will rebel against being controlled, uh, toxic behavior, manipulation, and stuff like that. And that rebellion might come in ways that certain women aren't able to handle. And that can come in the form of, you know, seeking out um, another woman. Uh, It could be um, lack of affection, lack of attention, all of that, you know. And most men experience this even before that relationship they experienced this with their their mom so or they see that their dad experienced this with their mom so it's always in the back of their mind so when they see these things they be like hmm yeah some might just walk away and don't deal with it at all but some men might stay and actually use it as a self-serving tool to fight against what they experienced or what they saw in the past. So they'll basically be projecting the things that they've gone through or the things that they've seen with their parents in their relationships or partnerships. So, (laughs) here's another clip right here. A masculine man will never be attracted to a controlling, critical woman. The masculine needs to feel respected and appreciated for his strength. But a controlling woman robs him of that. He needs a partner to be his equal, not a mother who treats him like a child. Constant criticism will chip away at the intimacy and the connection in the relationship because her hostility puts him in defense mode. If she's controlling how much freedom he has, it will result in a lack of love, respect, and trust, all of which are essential Mm -hmm. for the masculine to to stay true to his God-given purpose to protect and provide for the feminine. And that's just like I say, like, if if a man experiences this, then he will withhold his love and all that other stuff. And that and that love comes in the form of safety, security, and all that other stuff. You know, um piggybacking off of the last episode when I was uh when I played that clip from the black male uh therapist who was a couple counselor and how on that clip he says one one reason a man cheats is because he don't have the peace and all that other stuff like that or whatever that comes in the that happens you know if a man doesn't a man doesn't want to be controlled <laughs> a man doesn't want to be manipulated a man if he feels like there's ulterior motives in the relationship or 
way he's being given it ha- he it has to be earned in a certain type of way and all that other stuff then there's going to be rebellion right you know what i'm saying there's going to be rebellion and a lot of times a lot of this this controlling and manipulation and stuff like that is coming from fears a lot of women are caught up into fears they're caught up into projections and programming from you know stuff in the past or projections from their moms their aunties their good good girlfriends and all i i hate saying this stuff over and over again but it has to be said like all this stuff is being projected onto them so then when they start growing up and getting into relationships and stuff like that they projecting it they projecting it into their relationship and onto their significant other their partner and all that other stuff so these fears and stuff ain't even your fears, you know, but it was embedded in you. So then you're not even in a, in a situation where you're actually being feminine. You're being masculine. You, 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 need, you need to loosen up. <laughs> you need to loosen up. It's just so much. You think that you're, you're trying to protect yourself by trying to control each and every aspect of the relationship and how you're going to get what you want to get, whether it's marriage, um, a child or living together or materialistic stuff or uh, a certain uh, viewpoint from other people, you know what I'm saying, how they see your relationship and all that other stuff, how, you know what I'm saying, the social media aspect and it's just it's just all over the place, but I got more clips, and it all ties into this. Here we go. <laughs> Dealing with problematic masculine women, is your growth is stunted as a man, and here's why. When you're with a masculine, combative woman, you can't exercise your manhood. You can't practice the skills and do the things that keep you growing and keep you thriving. You can't do that. You have to shut yourself down. You have to submit and lay dormant. When you're making decisions and being a leader and being to protect it and exercising your intelligence and exercising your charm and making your woman's life better, making your family the more. And I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. I'm going to play the rest of the clip. But I've, I've said this plenty of times before. How being in a relationship, you have to allow the man to be a man. You have to allow him to grow. You have to allow him to learn things on his own. And a lot of times, like just speaking from experience, a lot of times most guys didn't learn these things because their mom shielded them or their mom was trying to keep them from being a certain way or tr- or they didn't want them to be like their dad or, you know what I'm saying, they – they reminded them of their dad. So the woman was trying to keep trying to, you know, what I'm saying manipulate how they grew up and the things that they learned or, and trying to down, you know, what I'm saying trying to just keep them in a shell. And just from experience, like it starts from an early age. If, if, if the mother isn't allowing that that little boy to experience things for himself and to learn things on his own you know then when he becomes a man he's still going to be in that in that little boy phase where he don't know how to make decisions for himself he struggles with making decisions for himself he always has to run to his mom 
for advice and stuff like that. Or when he's in a relationship with a woman, he's always seeking that validation from the woman based off of the moves that he's making or the thoughts that he's having or the things that he says and stuff like that. It's a sheltering aspect when it comes from certain mother. Some mothers think that it's nurturing, but it's actually sheltering. You sheltering your child. You do it, the more you grow, the stronger you get. But when you when you cut and that and and just speaking from experience again, from a person who's in the gym six, seven days a week, you can only grow by pushing yourself, by experiencing things. So that's the analogy I'm using. If that little boy isn't experiencing life as a child, you know, he isn't sheltered. If he's being sheltered, if he isn't allowed to, you know, be himself and stuff like that, then there's no growth right there. His his growth is stunted. He may be a 25-year-old man, but with the mentality of an eight-year-old boy your balls off and you lay dormant you don't grow you can't grow like that you know you need to do those things in order to grow as a man and experience true manhood you need the room and you need the space to be able to exercise those things right flex your muscles just like women women need to be able to do certain things in the confines of a relationship to feel feminine exactly you have to allow a man to be a man you have to allow a woman to be a woman but there's a lot of women out here that have a lot of masculine traits when it comes to relationships because it's based off of fears. It's fears, anxieties, and projections and programming. Or they're going to be masculine as fuck. And a masculine <laughs> woman ain't growing. Like as a woman, she's not yep, growing as a she's woman. She's not growing. Until she can let that shit go and be her true self. And it's going to hinder. But that ain't on the man to do. If you already in a masculine state, then you're going to stay in that state and your mindset is going to be in that state in your relationship. Especially if you aren't self-aware of it and you aren't actively growing or wanting to grow, you always going to be seeing things from that masculine perspective. So you always going to be fighting with the actual masculine energy that's right there. Or competing with it, or jealous of it, or envious of it. Does that sound familiar? Jada and Will. But let me play the rest of the clip. Your game. So when you get out of a situation like this, you wonder why you're not attractive to anybody. Guys hit me up after 10 years, they get out of a relationship. They can't catch a break. Nobody like them. They got bad energy and shit. It's because of shit like this. You're gross. Yeah. And that goes both ways. Women and men. Like, you made the dude has been in a relationship with a masculine woman to the point where he just he just dim his he just dim his light he just revert to a to a space where he's just docile his masculine energy is 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 stunted at that point so then if he actually is able to get out of that relationship he he doesn't have a masculine presence enough to attract a a woman a feminine woman what he's going to do is attract another masculine woman that is looking to dominate the situation 
this stunning. You 40, but you not your arrested development. You still act like you 30. You haven't grown <laughs> hey. an inch because you haven't been given the room or the environment to grow. The room Dealing or environment, the room or environment to grow. And that starts from an early age. It just don't happen. Like no man just it, it ain't it ain't no 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 little boy that has experienced things and you know what I'm saying been able to to grow from a boy to a man and then all of a sudden is in a relationship with a masculine woman for years and years and years no by the time that's why I say that's why I say even on last episode I was talking about how you can't be relying on people to provide your safety security and all that other stuff because if you're safe and secure with yourself if you got peace with yourself if you dealing with somebody who doesn't provide these environments or these spaces for you, then you're going to catch it quick and it's not going to vibe with you. It's not going to align with you and then you're going to be gone. But if you're in this space where you've already have this foundation of being stunted in your growth, then you're going that that's going to be familiar to you. So it's going to be two things. You either going to be just flow with it because that's what you used to or you're going to be in a situation where you're trying to actively fight yourself, fight your way out of this relationship because of what you went through in your past. Another clip. The most toxic expectation women have of men expecting him to relate to feelings the way a woman does men have a completely different relationship to feelings than women they don't trust feelings they trust facts it's not how men operate for a man it's more about what he values what he stands for what facts he trusts so instead of asking a man how he feels about something ask him what he thinks you can learn a lot more about a man if you ask what he thinks rather than what he feels because he can relate to that word thinks i mean she's she's right um and i've talked about this plenty of times before um how when i was going to when i was uh working with a particular therapist a black woman therapist and how she will always ask me what i was feeling but and i will respond to that but she was like, no, not what you're thinking. What are you feeling? So, yeah. From a man's point of view, we're very logical. We um, gravitate to facts, to logic, to um, what we're thinking as opposed to what we're feeling. That's just how we program. Um I do feel as though that men should understand what they're feeling, but naturally, naturally, we're going to gravitate towards what we're thinking before what we're feeling. So, yeah, I do agree you should ask a man what he, what he thinks first, but that doesn't mean that the feelings shouldn't be discussed as well, because what I have learned in the past year, um, one of the things that is very vital when um having discussions with women is asking them how does that make you feel 
how does that make you feel? Because women gravitate more to feelings as opposed to what they're thinking. So, yes, that is the the disconnect between men and women. The men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Men are more practical, logical, analytical, as opposed to women being more emotional and connected to their feelings. So the expectation from women should be tempered more to what the man is thinking and the man's expectation should be more tempered to what the woman is feeling. You know, so it, it always goes both ways. It's never this one-sided thing. I'm like I always say, I'm not for this 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 gender war stuff. I'm not for the fighting back stuff. I'm for both sides working together. Although I will speak more so from a man's perspective, which you should expect and which you should appreciate. But I do champion and promote both sides working together. So, yeah. <laughs> I got another clip for y'all. Of course. Here we go. We bond by teaching and sharing solutions. Mansplaining. This is one of the biggest things right here. If a man teaches and shares and explains, he is deeming you worthy of passing on knowledge and expertise. If he's being a dick about it, yeah, that's another problem. But most men just want to teach you. They bond with you. They release vasopressin and oxytocin while they're doing this, and they expect you're doing the same. One of the best. And this is where it comes down to the leading thing. We, you hear, you you hear and see all this shit on social media about men leading and all that other stuff, and how you know the the fight is. Women don't allow men to lead and stuff like that. And this is coming from a, a couple's therapist right here. And he's talking about how men bond with women through teaching. And that is an aspect of leadership. That is an aspect of leading. And that doesn't mean that a man knows everything and he he has to he has to control every aspect of it. But you have to have these moments where you allow the man to be a man and him to teach you things and give you information and stuff like that because that's that that helps him build confidence in himself that helps that allows him to protect you that allows him to provide for you by teaching you things because we have a a perspective that is different from y'all's particularly in this world where you hear so much of this patriarchy and this and you have this world of misogyny and this violence and all this other stuff. So I've been in plenty of situations and seen men in plenty of situations where they try to provide safety and security to a woman based off of their teaching of things from a man's perspective. But some women will be accepted, will accept it. And some will reject it. And men bond more off of that than sex, according to this therapist. Like, do I agree with it? To a degree, yeah. Because you can't really have a bond. Because, honestly, you have, you have to create a bond that 
that mental emotional bond even before sex granted men we are attracted to a woman first based off of their you know what i'm saying the physical the physical aspect but sex ain't ain't being done yet right so like i talked about on the last episode like men they will see you know what i'm saying they'll first 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 hand you know what i'm saying they they're going to be physically attracted to you then after that they will figure out it how they want to deal with you or how they want the relationship to go based off getting to know you and one of the aspects of that is them being a provider and protector of the woman based off of how you accept their teachings so let me play the rest of the clip things a woman can do is ask a man to teach her or train her in something it will bond him to you so much better than sex and I'm going to play the clip again because I, I I feel that it's very important. It's very important based off of the, the leading aspect, the providing and protection, all that other, them, them key words. We bond by teaching and sharing solutions, mansplaining. This is one of the biggest things right here. If a man teaches and shares and explains, he is deeming you worthy. of. And that is true. And I... I missed that part. I've talked about this plenty of times before. You see this shit all the time on social media about a man ain't going them them quotes. A man ain't going a man ain't going to put in the work unless he wants you and all this other bull bullshit, bullshit. Because men will put in work just to get some ass. You have to be more strategic in the way that you see things. When it comes to people, you can't always have these blanket statements and these blanket quotes and apply it to everybody. A man ain't going to be trying to give trying to teach you anything if he ain't, if he don't fuck with you. I'm going to be real right here. If, if that nigga don't care about you, he ain't going to try to teach you nothing. He don't give a fuck about you if he ain't trying to teach you nothing. Point blank and period. Point blank and period. If he don't give a fuck about you. He ain't going to teach you nothing. So if a man is trying to teach you something, trying to train you on something, that means he he actually cares about you. He cares about your safety. He's trying to provide and protect for you. Passing on knowledge and passing on knowledge. That means he cares. That means he's starting to have an to build an attachment to you expertise if he's being a dick about it yeah that's another problem but most men just want to teach you they bond with you they release vasopressin if he's being a dick about it that most certainly means that he's he's jealous he's trying to be territorial his ego is involved his pride is involved but when he's actually calm about the situation or trying to relate something to you and stuff like that then that means he's building an attachment to you that means he's starting to care about you if not if if he doesn't already care about you and oxytocin while they're doing this and they expect you're doing the same one of the best things a woman can do is ask a man to teach her or train her in something it will bond him to you so much better than sex (laughs) 
especially if you're listening. <laughs> oh man. But um yeah. A lot I mean, it's 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 always been out here that, you know, a man is looking for a woman to provide him with peace. Um he don't wanna argue and stuff like that. But over the past couple of years, you know, a lot of men have been speaking out more with the um, growth of podcast and content creation and stuff like that, which I've been championing. Even if the stuff is stupid, even if the stuff that these guys, some of these guys have been saying is stupid and stuff like that, that provides you with the opportunity to choose from what's right and what's wrong. But I feel as though it's a good thing. Because now more men are speaking up. We we're getting out of this 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 mindset of just letting stuff slide so we can keep the peace. We shouldn't have to keep the men, we shouldn't have to keep the peace no more. We need to be speaking up more. We need to be we need to be pulling our britches up. <laughs> we need to be tying our belts tighter and being men. We have to assert our masculine energy even more. Each and every conversation, talk, and all that other stuff doesn't have to be a situation where it's an argument. There needs to be solutions. But you can't have solutions without both sides speaking. You can't. It can't be no situation where stuff is just being pushed to the side for the sake of having peace. Man, we got to get out of that. We got to get out of that. That That is a situation. I mean, don't you see how this ties to the Will and Jada stuff? Like, if it ain't working, then it ain't working. But you can only find that out if you're speaking every situation doesn't have to be an argument you know communication is a tool for clarity to work stuff out to find understanding but us men have been being docile for too long we've been quiet for too long we've been scared for too long to speak up for ourselves Ladies, ladies, let me share some wisdom with you about your man. Let me share some wisdom about your man. Ladies, your man, here's what he's asking for. Your man is simply saying, I want you to be my peace. I want you to be my peace rather than a pain in my you know what. Ladies, be his peace. Be his peace. Ladies, many men don't want to argue. They don't want to fight. Look, listen, most men that I counsel with, most men that I meet with in my office for therapy, they don't need much. If you take out a... See what I'm saying? So if a, if a, if a therapist is saying this, if a couple's counselor is saying this, then... It's true because he's getting real world experience from men sitting in the office just looking for peace, peaceful situations and stuff. And I'm not saying you have to argue, but you have to speak up for yourself. 
stop with this stuff where we just letting stuff slide and we just, you know, um, because nothing is being accomplished. No solutions are being being made from us just being quiet and letting stuff slide. Like it's almost like we're just going through the motions. We on autopilot with certain women in our lives instead of or, or we just being afraid because we don't we're afraid to speak up and we're afraid th- to be alone. We're afraid that the things that we really feel or we really want to talk about is going to push the person away and we're going to be alone. I mean, that's a common thing. I mean, that's a human thing. Women feel that. That's a human that's that's a human thing to feel. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to feel that way. But that don't mean that you have to just deal with anything. List and compare the list. His list is always small. One of the big things on this list is peace. He wants peace. Ladies, strive to be his peace and not his pain. See, I know here. Uh, therapist, couple counseling, all that other stuff, but I got a problem with that. Like, cause I don't even want to be in a situation where maybe I'm in the wrong relationship or partnership, and the woman is just not speaking her truth or the things that she's feeling and stuff like that because she's so caught up in the mindset of being the man's peace that. She's not happy. And then the man ain't happy because he's not necessarily in a state of peace or he wants something more from the relationship, but he doesn't want to speak on it because he just wants to keep the peace. And then it's just two unhappy ass people just trying to keep the peace. People don't talk, you know what I'm saying? We will assume, react, but we won't have difficult conversations. Difficult conversations is 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 like the devil <laughs> to certain relationships. We are living in a time where a man being friendly, gentle, compassionate is an indictment on his manhood. And this paradigm is producing an entire generation of emotionally desensitized men. Because a man who has an overdeveloped proclivity to anger, defense mechanisms, or survival mode, while also neglecting his natural proclivity to feel emotions like sadness, empathy, or remorse, means we're producing imbalanced men. When in reality, the man who masters all of his emotions and can exhibit each of those behaviors is more valuable to a home and to a community because he's not one-dimensional. That's why I'm so vocal about men expressing how they feel, because men with underdeveloped emotional bandwidth act like it. It is so, like, even outside of the relationship, our community just speaking specifically on the black community. There's so many men out here just trying to keep the peace that don't want to deal with drama and all that other stuff that the community is falling. That, like, even when I first, when I heard that clip, I just heard that clip, like, last night or the night before, and I was like, damn, let me add this to the show. I was sitting here thinking, I was like, maybe that's why the black community has always been a matriarchy as opposed to a patriarchy community. 
because it's so many black men throughout the years and decades and stuff that just wanted the peace that they allowed our community to just go to shit because they didn't want to deal with drama and step up and be a man and provide leadership or guidance to our community. Granted, you had certain people in our community, you know, leaders, you know, just throwing out two of the greatest, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Yeah, they spoke up or whatever, but there was just, you know, two people. Our community is much bigger than just two people. Well, even the other leaders that we've had, uh, Huey Newton and, and people like that, Elijah Muhammad and stuff like that. There was just certain pockets of people. But what about, you know what I'm saying? And that, that goes back to, like, when you think about where our community is now with, like, celebrities and stuff like that. You have the people that is, that's in the public eye, the celebrities. That's just a certain pocket of the community. And that's a small pocket of the community. But then overall, you have, you know... um, the majority of the community, the people who aren't celebrities or out in the open or community leaders and stuff, they're just people in the homes, men in the homes that aren't, that just want to keep the peace, that don't want to step up and provide leadership and guidance to the community. And our community has been falling to shit because it's been mostly a matriarchic, matriarch community as opposed to a patriarchic community this is um black male therapist that i follow and i've um shot him out before and talked about certain posts and played clips of him before paul bashaya williams and this is something that he posts on Instagram recently. It says a lot of people are struggling in relationships because they have not been able to differentiate differentiate leadership. Excuse me. Burp number nine. Burp number 10. Burp number 11. Sorry. D- differentiate leadership, management, and control. Some women express they want to be led but have challenges of relinquishing control some men want to lead but confuse leadership with control some women express they will only follow a man that demonstrates good leadership but once they get into the relationship they confuse leadership with management some men don't realize leadership is sometimes more demonstrated than spoken a leader invites input and a manager measures your output A leader doesn't have capacity to manage. It may not be that he can't lead you. It may be be that your previous experiences of following weren't safe and didn't end well. Not being in control is scary and hard to let go. It may not be that she won't follow you. It may mean you fail to demonstrate through your words, actions, and delivery of of a plan. Things don't align, which leaves her uncertain. It may not be leadership. It may mean you're trying to control everything. 
even their strengths because you're intimidated by them. Leadership isn't loud, nor a dictatorship. Now, I thought that was, was, was perfect. I mean, because a lot of times when just piggybacking off the of stuff that I've talked about so far in this episode, there's a lot of women out here that control and manipulate in their relationships because of the traumas that they've gone through in their life or the traumas that have been projected onto them from somebody else, from their moms, their aunties, good, good girlfriends, and all that other stuff. It's no coincidence that I started out with the episode about Tyrese's, what Tyrese's ex-wife said. And I just came across that clip this morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I always say God just be putting these episodes together because like stuff just be falling in my lap with the theme of the episode. <laughs> so here's a post right here that I came across. It says, don't believe the hype. There's good men and women out there. Here's why you keep bumping into the wrong ones. Your trauma picks your mate for you. Unresolved issues will always lead you towards parts of you that are the most pronounced. When trauma still takes up your space in your daily life, you gravitate towards that same painful energy. You have no clue how to choose a mate. Many women were taught to date for convenience and lifestyle. Hmm, don't that sound familiar from what I've talked about earlier? <laughs> and I've known and even like I've I've known this from my personal life. I've heard women marrying men just because they didn't have nowhere to stay. Or, you know what I'm saying, they were gonna be homeless or they were struggling and stuff like that. Like, so it's like, am I supposed to trust a woman? To be, to, am I supposed to trust this woman that she actually loves me or is she using me for convenience, for a place to live or because she doesn't want to suffer materialistically and stuff like that? So it's like this stuff is like in my mind because these are the things that I've, I've experienced for myself. Like these are things that I've heard um, and seen personally. And then you have all this stuff out here with on social media and stuff and just like confirmations from other relationships that have gone through the similar things but back to the post many men were taught to date who quote unquote appears to be good women but have no idea how to identify the character traits of one and lastly you refuse to do self-work to build a better better version of yourself that can support reciprocate and value a good man and woman so that leaves you stuck dating exactly what you can't afford <sighs> mm, 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 mm. damn damn it man <laughs> um wait a minute. i got a couple of more posts and now i'm in it here because shit i'm getting hungry and that pregame got me i gotta use the bathroom i gotta pee <laughs> Sorry, you know, for the extra details, but y'all get it. Y'all get it. So this is a clip I came across that was very interesting. So it says son husbandry is at an all time high in destroying our male children. So let me pull up the clip. Here we go. We, uh, that we don't take into consideration of the baby boy effect. 
especially when we're dealing with um, mothers who have sons and were grooming their sons and raising their sons independently in the home before another male party was introduced. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we don't talk about how women date their sons. Mm -hmm. and, and single mothers oftentimes do everything but fuck their sons. Mm -hmm. And they have Sorry that emotional the stability mm -hmm. that is built within the home. And that's the reason why I say, you know, a single mother is a fuckboy factory. And the reason why I say that is because it's not. I agree with what I already say, how a lot of times you have mothers sheltering their, their sons and stuff right there. And it's, it's, it's putting them in a space where they don't learn how to be a man. They don't know. They don't learn how to embrace their masculine energy. So in turn, they start embracing feminine energy and stuff like that. And a lot of times these women are having emotional relationships with their sons to the point where they don't allow them to be independent outside of them. That a fuckboy can't be birthed from a two-parent home, although it is. That's why you see a lot of these dudes out here that, quote-unquote, are sassy, are entitled, are, in, are spoiled, etc., etc. You know, it's an abnormality, you know, it's an anomaly of sorts that you would encounter a significant amount of subpar men that have been raised in destructive two-parent homes. But single women become so... But even if there is a two-parent home, a lot of these two-parent homes, the mom is running the household. It's a matriarchy, like I've already been talking about. Think about it. Think about a lot of a lot of guys that listen to my show and even a lot of women that listen to my show that have brothers or just just if you ain't have just think about your household and think about outside just outside of yourself in your household think about the guys that you've dated and stuff like that and if y'all have had conversations about your household think about what they mostly talked about and who run the household think about it emotionally dependent upon their children specifically their sons that they will convince themselves that they don't need a man until they encounter the space from being alone to genuinely being lonely and now we're having to deal with the imbalance that was set in the household because this boy is not your son he is your man Hmm. When you want to cuddle, you go lay down with them. When you want some emotional time, you go watch movies with them. Hmm. You touch them and you rub them and you massage oh, them. And you do these things, everything that you would. That's a lot of mother's emotional connection is with their sons. Do to a man to suffice that. A lot of women. That feeds them. That validates them. When their son gives them the affection, the love, the attention, attention. That feeds their emotional needs. So why would they need a man at that point? Yeah, they might need him physically, sexually, but they can satisfy that aspect of it. But don't have to worry about a relationship because they have safety and security in their sons. Even dress their sons like the man that broke their heart. This is tough. Well, and even... If they have a son and they have an emotional connection with the father, if that emotional connection is toxic or negative, they will take out that stuff on that son. Speaking from personal experience, these are things that I've seen. These are things that I've heard.
that, that you you are 100 percent right. So that's, I think that that's the dichotomy. Like, I'm not saying that your children shouldn't have weight in your relationship. Right. But what I am saying that we have to look at it from an integral space. Yes. Like, why do they feel this way? You Especially have to separate. You have to separate. This is my son. This is my man. This is my husband. This is my boyfriend. This is my significant other, whatever you want to call them. But you have to separate the emotional entanglements. <laughs> See what I did there? The emotional entanglements. <laughs> You're dealing with a man child who is uncomfortable with your new partner. And this man child is not necessarily a little boy anymore. Like me, I have an adult son. I have a 21 year old son. Huh? Huh? That was that was deep. <laughs> that was deep. That was deep. So I'm gonna play this last clip. I gotta go to the bathroom. I got and I'm hungry. I want some uh I want some steamed shrimp. Hey, but let me play this last clip and then we're gonna get up out of here. I've been taught all my life to give mom praise for doing quote unquote the best that she could. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that she could have done better. Yeah. She could have done better from jump by not getting pregnant by my quote-unquote deadbeat daddy. Yeah. She could have done better from jump by not doing all the different things that she did to traumatize us, to, to take out her trauma on us. So this idea that we continue to push of like women are benevolent and they're always just doing the best that they can. That goes for men too, but that's not part of his narrative. Mm -hmm. It's not part of his narrative that he was touched when he was eight. And that's why he ended up being a man whore. He was touched by a 21-year-old woman. You see what I'm saying? So my thing is, okay, I want our community to improve. This and this and this and this and this is what I think the men, the male delegation needs to do. This and this and this is what I think the female delegation needs to do. And these are all the ways that each delegation should take credit. And these are all the ways, the same ways they need to take responsibility. We frame it as blame because that's what it sounds that's what, like. That's what it felt mm -hmm. like to me. But it's not, it's not blame. Mm -hmm. It's ownership. It's, it's ownership. responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So if we're saying black men are God, black women are goddesses. Yeah. What's your domain? Uh, I made it back just in time. But I'm going to play the clip again because I don't forgot what he was talking about. I've been taught all my life to give mom praise for doing, quote unquote, the best that she could. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that she could have done better. Yeah. She could have done better from jump by not getting pregnant by my, quote unquote, deadbeat daddy. Yeah. She could have done better from jump by not doing all the different things that she did to traumatize us, to, to take out her trauma on us. So this idea that we can. But yeah, this is just another example of what I was talking about. You know, um, not saying I agree with everything that's talked about in this video, but this is just another example of what I what I was just talking about, about, you know, um, the emotional attachment or entanglement that mothers have with their sons. And it goes vice versa as well with the dads or whatever with daughters because i've seen and i've heard plenty of stories and in situations where the dad didn't have a good relationship with the mom and the mom the daughter reminded the dad of the mom so he didn't want to deal with the daughter or whatever and it's sad like this ain't no situation like like i said this ain't no situation where i'm picking and choosing sides or whatever you know of course, I'm going to speak from a man's perspective first, but this ain't no picking and choosing. 
you know, this is what it is. So let me get back to the clip. Continue to push of like women are benevolent and they're always just doing the best that they can. That goes for men too, but that's not part of his narrative. Yeah, and I agree with that. Like the narrative is like men have to take more responsibility as opposed to women. Women tend to get passes on certain stuff that men don't get passes on. And not to say that it's a competition or anything, but this is just speaking to the narrative, not saying that it's right or wrong, but that's what is out there. And that's what that what need that's what needs to be addressed. We got to start finding solutions, talking about solutions and and ways of how we're going to fix things and handle things as opposed to just fighting each other and and um trying to weigh whose side is greater than the other because the shit ain't getting us nowhere it's actually taking us further back mm -hmm. it's not part of his narrative that he was touched when he was eight and that's why he ended up being a man whore he was touched by a 21 year old woman you see what i'm saying so my thing is okay I want our community to improve. Mm -hmm. This and this and this and this and this is what I think the men, the male delegation needs to do. This and this and this is what I think the female delegation needs to do. And these are all the ways that each delegation should take credit. Mm -hmm. And these are all the ways, the same ways they need to take responsibility. We frame it as blame because that's what it sounds that's what, like. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, not, it's not blame. Mm -hmm. It's ownership. No, nobody it's ownership. is taking... Nobody is taking responsibility. Nobody is taking accountability. Nobody's taking ownership. It's just always this fighting back and forth for these gender wars and who done what when and what is stronger or what is greater and all this other stuff. Like, when are we going to take accountability, responsibility, and actually start providing solutions for how our community is? So if we're saying black men are God, black women. But that actually starts with with ourselves. Like, if you can't recognize that shit in yourself, if you can't recognize that you toxic, if you negative, if you got shit going on with yourself that you need to work on, then you can't be throwing that out to somebody else and expecting them to do do something that you ain't even doing. The goddesses. Yeah. What's your domain? Man. This was a great episode. Like I've I've enjoyed this episode very much, and I'm going to end it off here. I'm not even going to do a blackity black woke segment. I mean, shit. We already know the world. The world is 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 going through some things, particularly in the United States. Like we damn near about to be a third world country. The way that these politicians is just neglecting the the citizens, and you know just worrying about their own interests and the corporation's interests that's providing them with the with the quote-unquote power that we think that they have but yeah i'm gonna end it here man um uh <laughs> i enjoyed y'all and i hope y'all enjoyed this episode taste to consider podcast make sure you download follow subscribe shout out to all the new youtube subscribers I got a new uh, taste reviews coming soon. Um, this is episode 106. Um, I'm out. Hey, I'm your host, Derek Silver. Greatestiamblog.com. A taste to consider.com where you will find the, the uh, uh, apparel, T-shirts, and all that other good stuff. 
that's the direct way that you can support me if you're not going to donate to the show my cash app is in my link tree um all that stuff is on you know uh my page is a taste to consider network on instagram uh, my main page on instagram the link tree tree is there um shout out to the unu network uh unprocessed knowledge separate the two reservation for three um three stars two bars shout out to everybody on the network you know so i'm out